here on Worst First. Guys, poor Dr. Guanche. Anna Guanche is here. She's a dermatologist. We love her. I'm so glad you're here. Loving the applause right now. You're not going to believe what happened. She's been here for an hour already and we recorded a whole podcast and I, my dumbass forgot to hit record on my phone. And so now we're doing it again. And now we're doing it again. So if we sound like we've said this once before, it's because we probably did. This is... Honestly, I'm so grateful to you for you to stay here. I've never had this happen to me before, no so I'm so grateful for you to be here with me no worries. for I another hour. Brittany. And we kind of had a test run. Yes, we had a test run. We're going to be so smooth. It's going to be so good. So smooth, Don't like her skin. Um, oh, so okay. Dr. Guanche is responsible for um, helping me not look like a troll, which is lovely. <laughs> and she has her own, um, her own facility, the Bella Skin Institute, which is a dermatological facility. She also does fillers and Botox and uh, you know, everything, checking for cancer and all kinds of things. And yes, she's a doctor. And so I was in to see her last week and she was telling me some of the horror stories of her residency as a doctor. And you went to LSU, Louisiana State University. That's right, LSU. And at LSU, our whole medical school was run at Charity Hospital, which is a very, very busy hospital in New Orleans where we had a lot of a lot of things to do, a lot of work to do. And you couldn't run that hospital without students. Right. So we got a lot of hands-on experience. <laughs> so I was telling Brittany that we had a suture clinic and we also had a cyst clinic. The cyst clinic. Cyst clinic. Uh. That was run by students. And uh, I was going to tell them my worst first. So we had this woman come in. She was a little bit, uh, you know. Heavier. Heavier. Heavy, heavy built women. Woman. Yeah. And, and she had what she called a boil under her breast. And uh, we had to have two students hold her breast up. It was very voluptuous, very big. Wow. And underneath there were some crumbs and moisture and maybe a wrapper. A remote. Kind of a remote. <laughs> and she had a, like what? A tennis ball sized ball of pus under her breast. We call it a carbuncle. And so... I had not done that before, lanced one before. So I have my mask on, and um, this was before we had to wear masks everywhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was trying to lance it, and we were running out of gauze. White, milky stuff kept pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And I guess because of the smell, I was holding my breath the whole time. And so next thing you know, I wake up, and there's a bunch of... <laughs> People looking down at me because that was the only time I've ever passed out. So it's my first and worst passing out. What does it feel like to pass out? I've never I mean, passed out. I think what I did is I stepped out of the room when I was done and I had been holding my breath the whole time and I slid down. the. I remember sliding down the door jam, <laughs> like the back of my head just scraping down. Do you just get kind of like fuzzy? I, I think you've never passed out. Good. That's good. Uh, that was the only time I've ever passed out. And wow. so it was like seeing white stars kind of thing and then gone. And then the next thing you know, everybody's like worried about me. So I wake up and there's all these heads like looking down at me like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> They're like, like too oh much cream God. cheese for your bagel? Oh my gosh. And I was telling Brittany, I did gross anatomy before that. I, I dissected cadavers. I did all that stuff when, you know, as a medical student and I had never passed out until this this pus event with all the white milky pus coming out. I was like, oh my God. What did the lady say when you were done? Was she like, thanks. <laughs> What is she? What do you say to someone when you just get rid of a giant tennis ball size cyst under your titty? Uh, 
you know, I must have been starting to pass out by the end of that because we actually don't just have to take out the pus. We have to pack it with gauze so to keep it from refilling. So we had to like pack it with this gauze. So I think maybe that whole time I'm like, I'm not going to take one single breath in. Oh my God. I wouldn't either. It smells like, what does it smell like when you do smell it? It smells crazy, right? Oh, it's very pungent. What's the, what does a cyst smell like? It's, it smells like, have you never smelled a cyst? Okay. <laughs> You guys rub really dig deep into your belly button and pull pull your finger out and sniff it. It's Ew. like that times a million. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you do this for a living. This is what I do for a living. And when I did that cyst, I was not going to go into dermatology. I was going to go into orthopedic surgery. I was going to be a hand microsurgeon. So who knew that in the end that, that would be your career path. You've got a whole lifetime of this. <laughs> That's right. Imagine if you were the doctor who passed out every time. Like you were a great doctor, <laughs> but really you just good. passed out sorry, every time I you did a cyst. Blood, the side of blood or pus. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> that would be a problem, right? That would be a big problem. You have to look <laughs> right. at that stuff all the time. Yeah. And then you told me another interesting story that a, a, a homeless woman came in, and she was picking at her scalp. Yes, we had this woman come in. This is actually not as long ago. I was teaching at UCLA as an attending, and this woman uh came in and she had a picking problem she was homeless and she was mentally ill but she kept saying i have a skin cancer on my head and for years she'd been bounced around because everyone said it's not a skin cancer you're picking and she would literally while she's talking be picking pieces of flesh off her scalp she had her entire skull exposed it was exposed and dry and i'm to this day surprised that she wasn't infected she was just super dry like her it's it was it's horrible. And they said, well, let's just do a biopsy just to give her peace of mind. And she did have a skin cancer. She had a basal cell and she was picking it off Aww. her scalp. And everyone was like, oh, she's just homeless and crazy. Yeah. And she actually had cancer. Yeah. That's so sad. Right. Wow. Good for you that you were yeah. the one that was like, let's actually just like, test this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But she was tricky because uh, you would have to graft that. You would have to take some tissue from another part of her body and put it on there. And she would have to stop messing with it. For it to heal. You have to put her so, in handcuffs yeah, or like know. restraints. Like restrain yeah. while, while it's healing. Takes That's so sad. Yeah. Wow. So you saw a lot of homeless people, a lot of like deranged situations. Yes. <laughs> we had this one gentleman that came in. It was, it was a vision. He had a cowboy hat on. He had, he was long <sighs> and lanky. He was all muscle and he had like jeans on with a big metal belt buckle and he was like a cowboy, a cowboy. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm sitting there, I'm the attending. Right. And there's five or six residents seeing patients. Well, they keep talking to each other about this patient. They haven't presented him to me yet. And there's more and more people going in there to like say, hey, what do you think of this rash? What do you think of this rash? What do you think of this rash? And they're like, I think it's I think it might be syphilis. And, you know, we don't see syphilis that much anymore. And so especially not secondary syphilis, which is where it gets all over your body, a oh full body rash, including your palms, right? So it turns out this guy's got HIV. I walk in, he's got no shirt on, but he just has the jeans with the belt buckle and the, the hat. And these girls, there's four female residents and two male residents, and they're like, we're going to have to ask him about his sexual history. And they're like, sir, have you had any um, new sexual partners in the last six months? And he's like, hell yeah. With AIDS? With HIV? Yeah, with HIV. Hell yeah, I have. He's like, hell yeah. Oh my gosh. And so they're like, uh, you know, can we examine your penis? And he's like, 
unclips his buckle, boom, and hits the floor. He's got no underwear on. I mean, it was a vision, just like his pants just fall straight to the floor. And the butt belt buckle's no like, underwear. the belt buckle dents the floor. That's oh, right. He was ready to undress. He was like, boom. And then, uh, of course, he did have a shanker on his penis, and everybody was like, this is the kind of stuff we're uh, nerds. We get all excited about. But You're like, this now, guy's got a shanker on his penis. That's right. What's a shanker? It's a red sore that you get with syphilis and so we we just wanted to confirm that that's what he had and so but it was just crazy that he was ready like he just unbuckled (sighs) boom all his pants go straight to the ground we were all like i just there was a moment of silence after that like (laughs) and his wiener just out with a weird freaking sore on it oh who sleeps with someone still when they have a sore on their wiener i have no idea And and a full body rash and how do you treat that syphilis? What do you give people Penicillin. for syphilis? Penicillin. Yeah. Wow. So in it's a, treatable. Yes. Can in you the die old from days, it? Syphilis was killing all kinds of people. That, yeah. And and then they discovered it. How do you die from it? Oh, it can start eating up all your tissues and you can get really gross rotting tissues from it. But we don't even see that anymore. That's what I'm saying. We that's why everybody was so fascinated by this rash because we just don't see syphilis yeah. anymore. Thank God. But um, scary dermatology used to be known as dermatology and syphilology. So actually our specialty was the one that was in charge of diagnosing syphilis. Oh my God. And there's three different kinds, primary, secondary, and tertiary syphilis. So, um, it was like a big, big epidemic problem in the people. Wow. And then we got penicillin and we got rid of a lot of stuff. That's amazing. Uh, so I, I just think it's so I think it's so crazy that like you know you're a doctor you're a dermatologist and you have to go through doing all this stuff even if you're going to be a dermatologist you have to cut open a body mm-hmm. you have to work in a hospital you have to do all this stuff it's like you think that for dermatology you would just have to do dermatology related things you know no. but they make you do- they make as a doctor you do it all uh-huh. and- yeah you have to get your MDE you have to do your undergrad then you do four years of medical school and then four years of residency including an internship. So yeah, you do a full, full training. How hard was medical I school? People, it's really funny. Ask me like, I want to be a dermatologist. Is it, does it take eight months or 12 months? I'm like, no, it's 12 years, <laughs> 12 years to be a dermatologist. Eight months. Where yeah. are they going to Vry university yeah, exactly. online? <laughs> no. Wow. So, is it really hard? It's hard. Yeah, it's school. hard. It is. People fail all the time and leave. Uh, no, you know, by the time you get into medical school, they do everything they can to keep you. But it's so hard to get in that usually you're a good candidate uh, and you're able to do it. Like they're very rigorous about who they accept. And so. you're very smart all your whole your whole life. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You seem very smart. <laughs> well, thank you. I could never do that. That's amazing. So you have to <laughs> learn everything about pharmaceuticals and like drugs mm-hmm. and the bo- the bloodstream and everything, everything, anatomy yep. about the whole body, everything. Yep. That's intense. There's actually a lot of cutaneous manifestations of internal disease. So there's a lot of things that show up on the skin. They're evidence of something else happening in the body. So we learn all that too. So we learn all the organ systems, physiology, all that stuff. And then we're able to kind of get, find clues about what's going on inside by what's going on on the outside. Did you love it? Love it. Wow. Love it. Yeah. Happy the whole time. Yes. Wow. Never like fuck this. You know, I'm not the, I'm not that type. Yeah. I've always been kind of a Pollyanna, and it's just funny that that's my name. But uh, I just love every minute of it. I really did. Of and learning. I, and I had two kids, one during med school and one during residency. So there are parts of my training that I don't even remember. Like, I was so busy. 
Wow. I was so busy just like trying to survive and do this and do that and pass my boards and all that. And so, but, um, but always with a smile on my face. And you did this in Louisiana and you, you told me some other horror stories that you were working at this charity hospital, which was like one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, county hospital in mm-hmm. Louisiana. And you saw some crazy stuff. And this one is really disturbing you guys. So if you have like, uh, you can't handle hearing, um, uh, intense kind of gross stuff. You might want to just skip forward about 10 minutes. Well, Dr. Anna tells us the story. So this is the dog. So we did have a guy come in and he, um, he had been trying to have sex with a small dog and he actually got his penis stuck like with negative pressure into, into the dog. And he had been trying to get it off of him for a while before he even came to the emergency room. So the dog was like exhausted. Um, but basically the penis can get really engorged and then he couldn't get it past the sphincter of the dog to get it out. And so I think they had to sacrifice the dog to get his penis out of the dog. So that was really sad. And I I wish they sacrificed the guy. I know. We're like, (laughs) should we cut his penis off and let the dog live? Yes. Should we? Yeah. That's what I would have done. I've been like, I you sick you. fuck. I would have just fucking guys look away, just knifed it off and yeah. save the poor little thing. That's so be a eunuch. People are fucked up. People you are said- fucked up. We saw some crazy, crazy, crazy what sex else? stuff. That's New Orleans. You know, there was someone who came in with a summer sausage uh, in their colon in their, you know, rectum colon area. And they said, oh, I don't know. Maybe I sat on it. And bro. <laughs> Right at the barbecue. At the someone barbecue. put it down, and it I was a big summer sausage too, like a really big one. And um, we couldn't get it out through his, you know, anus. Oh, and my so we God. had to take him to surgery and run his gut. So that means like when you run his gut and get to the part where the sausage wasn't, push it out from the inside. So he actually had to have his abdomen opened up so that he could get this summer sausage. He was having a bowel obstruction from it, so he's gonna literally he could die from that. So all from putting a sausage up his butt. Yeah. Not just a little one, but a gigantic one. I was like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And then then we had one guy who had an antenna in his urethra, which is like the opening to the penis. And it was all the way up into his bladder, got bent in the bladder and he couldn't pull that antenna out. (laughs) So he came to the emergency room and everyone was looking at this x-ray like in disbelief, like there, here's the penis, here's the. Antenna going Antenna, up. And here's. The- He's like, AT&T wouldn't call me back. I had yeah. to do what I had to do. Oh, my gosh. Insanity. An antenna up the hole of the penis. Mm-hmm. Guys, just go to a sex store. Like, butt plugs have stoppers on them for a reason. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I, I don't. Do you think people are still doing stuff like this? I really do think so, especially in New Orleans. I think that people are always doing stuff like this. And we don't hear about a lot of it until something really bad happens and they can't they can't fix it themselves. Uh, so, and, yeah. And things have probably gotten a lot worse during quarantine because yes. people are bored at home. They're like, I wonder if I stick this up avocado up my butt, what'll happen? Oh, that reminds me of another thing that I was going to tell oh. you. We had this entire <laughs> clinic that was uh, the pap smear clinic, right, at the hospital. And um, there was something that, um, women would do when they had prolapse of their uterus. They would have prolapse of their uterus. And instead of getting a pessary, which is like a circle you put into your into your vagina to keep the uterus up from pushing down through the vagina, we would they would put potatoes. A so potato? They, they would put potatoes in their vagina, these patients, 
to hold up their uterus, okay? And then one time we went to do a pap smear and there was a sprouted, I am not kidding, little sprouts coming out of the potato. In the vagina. In the vagina, a sprouted potato. I don't know if you guys know if you put potatoes underground, they make like little leaves. <laughs> Bro, she goes to Thanksgiving. She's like, y'all, potatoes are here. Just freaking opens up her leg. My grandma had a prolapse uterus uh-huh. and she never fixed it. She just let it hang there. Yeah, I mean, you can let it hang there, but sometimes it presses on your bladder. So some yeah. people use a pessary. It's an old-fashioned circular thing you put in to hold up the at least the cone of the uterus. And this is something that happens to people who have lots and lots of babies or you know, just genetically. But anyway, you, normally it's like a little ring you put in, but instead the homemade version was the potato. And I just, w- we couldn't believe it when we, we went to do her uh, pap smear. Well, why didn't she change the potato? How long has the potato been in there? It's freaking mashed these potato. Are the, these are the questions that we need the answers to. But. Did you take it out? Yes, we had to <laughs> take it out to do her pap smear. You're like, we took it out, we cut it open, and we put some chives on it, and we it. all... <laughs> Oh, God, we fried it. <laughs> Everything's good fried, you guys, especially in Louisiana. Even vagina potatoes. Vagina, extra flavor. Stop. It was extra flavor. That is so disgusting. Wow. Can you imagine you if it started growing it like a tree? already bad, and she made it the next level. Can you imagine if it what started the- growing a tree, like a whole potato yeah, plant? Just growing through like, her. At what point are you going to see these little leaves coming out of your vagina? I can't. Jeez. That's really traumatizing. And we had tons of people who had babies and didn't know they were pregnant and they <sighs> dumped their baby in the toilet and then came to the emergency room like, oh my God, I have a baby. Stop. Yeah. They didn't know they were pregnant. They were just at home and they like were taking a shit and they, they just they bared. They pooping, bared down and a baby comes out in the toilet. This happened, I can't tell, during the time I was there, maybe like eight times. So it's not it's not uncommon. It happens. Would they have the umbilical cord still attached? Yeah, and so they didn't know what to do. Like <laughs> they'd be like, "I didn't even know I was pregnant. I didn't even want another kid." And now they got, <laughs> now they I got. I was having John. An indigestion. I went to take a poop, and this baby came out. I don't know how you don't know you're pregnant. I've heard so many stories like this. Yes, and I have seen it firsthand, and I don't know either because I'm super in touch with like your body, right? Like you think like you haven't had your period in nine months. I would say that's one sign. (sighs) I saw one where a lady was getting her period, and she wasn't even that big, and she thought she was just bloated, and she had a baby. And she was still doing like spotting because she so she thought it was her period, and she had a baby. Like that's so scary. I can't imagine. I have had dreams like that where like I'm like peeing and a baby comes out. I'm like, ah, it's scary. That would really hurt if it came out of your pee. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I don't even know where babies come out. I'm like, it's peeing and it came out my pee pee. So weird. (laughs) So they would just come with the umbilical cord hanging between their legs and go like, like, what do I do? What am I going to do? And usually these are people that are first timers or something. Because obviously people who've had babies kind of know what it's like. So. Yeah. Jeez. That's amazing. Did you ever see any other crazy vagina stuff? What else was crazy vagina? Oh, we saw every kind of STD known to man. What was the nastiest one you saw? We had, well, nasty. All of them are. I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) That's mean. No, they are. Uh, STDs are gross. They are. We had a lot of chlamydia cases, you know. Um, Chlamydia is easy to treat, but it's just a lot of discharge, you know. Oof. So, uh, guys, keep your bits clean and yeah. be safe and practice safe yeah. sex unless you're in a relationship with someone for a long time and you know they're safe. You know, it's hard. And a lot of genital warts. So, Oof. genital warts we have to worry about because 
whatever partner the guy has for genital warts will, you know, possibly get those or get affected in their cervix and could get cervical cancer, cancer later. Yeah. So uh, now we have a vaccine for that, but a lot of people haven't haven't had the it. The HPV vaccine. Yeah. Would you so, recommend that? For sure. Yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, a lot of people have HPV though. It's super common yeah, from what common. I've heard, and that that's when you can get like, is it herpes or is it? No, it's uh, different. HPV is human papillomavirus, but um, HSV human ah herpes simplex virus herpes HSV. Simplex so HPV virus. HSV. So some people mix them up. Herpes is different, but it, you know about eighty five percent of our population has herpes, antibodies right? to herpes, yeah. either lip or or lower. Speaking of herpes, has people come to your office with herpes oh, and been yeah. like, what's this? Yes. <laughs> what's this? Yeah, so I don't have herpes. I don't know where this came from. I've never had an outbreak before. I'm like, oh, no. Now we have to have this whole discussion about how it's transmitted. And it's really tricky because sometimes you got herpes like 20 years ago and you didn't realize it because you're not someone that breaks out that much. Oh, my God. And uh, you're blaming your current partner, spouse, whatever it is for it. And it's really not their fault. Really? Or, it could be dormant for super long. Yeah. We had one case of a, a girl that was in the ICU uh, when I was resident and she had ulcerated herpes, the really bad, deep herpes lesions on her vagina. And we cultured it, came back HSV, herpes uh -huh. simplex. And the parents were like, it's impossible. She's never had sex and blah, blah, blah. It's impossible that it's that. And we're over here like, what are we going to say? You know, we took a culture of it and it grew out herpes yeah so, yeah i mean in that case it's tricky because they're the person in the icu is not awake to explain anything yeah so, um, but is having this horrible rash this is what they call the dermatologist for and uh, so we found out but you know so there, it can be really tricky to talk to the family but herpes is not intrinsically dangerous whereas um you know genital warts are pre can be can pre cancerous yeah. yeah and and so can you get herpes just from inanimate stuff or do you have to get it from another person? Like, could, could you get herpes? Like, Oh, like something, ha you touched something you shouldn't have. And it gave you herpes. Or it's is very, it very unlikely to okay. get it that way. It's so she definitely contact. had to have human contact with someone mm -hmm. else who had herpes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have the HSV one, the HSV one is usually labia. And so 75% of the time, what you get on your lips would be HSV one uh -huh. and what you get in genital area, 25% of the time but there's a crossover so sometimes hsv2 the one that's normally on the labia is on these labia and sometimes it's crossed over so there's a lot of crossover and people with the herpes have kids and they kiss them and they get herpes from their <gasps> parents when they're growing up so there's a lot of a lot of people with herpes 85 percent of our population in the united states has antibodies so when people freak out i'm like you're don't like, worry, everybody's yeah, got herpes. Yeah, everybody's got some herpes. Don't worry about it. I love so. that you just referred to our lips as also labia. Well, labia, labia. Are that, is that what these are called? Yeah. Labias? Yeah. Wow. Didn't I didn't that. know that. Your your facial lips are called labias too? Yeah, labia. <laughs> That's fun. This is not an accident. I'm people. like, my dad kissed me on my labia. It was really weird. Oh, <laughs> like, that's creepy. Don't talk like that. Um, no. But yeah, but that's so crazy to me. Yeah, because I I had a girlfriend growing up who had, who got herpes. And I remember it was like on her lips and crusty. And I was mm -hmm. like, what is that? And she's like, I don't know. I just think it's a rash. And I was like, oh, it looks really a little different Dude. than a rash. Yeah. So a lot of people have it and they either take the medicine for it or they just don't break out because their immune system keeps it under control. Wow. Unless they're 
totally stressed out or sick or they get a lot of sun exposure. So they, they'll pop up with it. But. That's crazy. So, wow. And so mm-hmm. you had, you had all this experience at charity hospital and then you finally decided that you wanted to do dermatology, yes. which is so good. Cause I said that I love that she's a dermatologist because especially, you know, her skin's so good and she's so beautiful. So it's like, I feel like, you know, you go to a doctor and if they do some, you know, they look the part and you look like, oh, this is a person I trust. Like you look like a person that I would go, oh yeah, I trust them. You know, some doctors you go and they're like, you're like, oh God, Thank it's kind of scary. Yeah, they can be overdone or yeah. just wonder what are they going to do to your face if their face yeah, if it doesn't look good. Yeah. What's their aesthetic, you yeah. know, so I try to really moderate what I do on myself. I have access to everything. And so. And you inject yourself. I inject myself. So every, every time. Every third time that I want to inject myself, I actually inject myself because I don't want to get overdone. Yes. And so I really have to rein myself in. Like I just did my lips a few weeks ago and I'm, already, I'm feeling a little bit weird about them. Like that they're, they're too big right no, now. No, they look you don't great. Think so? No, I would yeah. tell you, but I also love like a lip. A you know what I mean? Lip. Yeah. So yeah. I try to be conservative so people won't look at me and go, oh my God, look at all the stuff she's done. You know, never natural. Or no, you look very natural and you've had two kids and you have like this booming Instagram page where she posts everything. You guys, I mean, everything from, you know, all her different medical, you know, the little procedures. I've seen you lance cysts on your uh-huh. Instagram page. My favorite. Oh, and I've seen her do, she's done my filler and and Botox. And, you know, I think it's what I love about your page is that women are on there doing these procedures Mm -hmm. and sharing it and not being like, oh, got to keep it quiet. Have to keep it hush hush. You know, I think it's so stupid that girls, there's these big girls on Instagram who go like, oh no, like I'm naturally this. I'm naturally that. It's like, no, dude, I've seen you in people's offices. (laughs) I've run into you. There's so many and I wish I could drop names, but I won't do that. It's not my place. Don't do that to me. I won't, but I know, but I know (laughs) so many famous people and famous people who come to see you even and they just are on their Instagram like, oh, like so blessed, like just a natural face and I'm just, like be real and that's what I love is that you show a lot of women on there going and then getting stuff done and like who cares like whatever it makes you feel good about yourself and that's totally fine and healthy we're trying to demystify what it's like to get these procedures done like whether it's stigmatic to get it done whether you know I think that as long as the person is doing it from a place of I want to look better and And healthy inside Mm -hmm. um, attitude about it and not trying to like change their whole life with this um, then it's a healthy thing. And also people watch the procedure and they realize it's really not that horrible. Obviously the person's sitting there, they're t- talking, chatting with you the whole time and they're fine. And I've got people like you, thank you, that allow me to share that and let other people feel more comfortable about the whole idea of doing something like that. What is it really like to get injections? Is it as horrible as it sounds? It's not. And how many different people do it in different ages? I've got people that are in their 20s, 30s, all the way up to the 80s that will do some procedures to make themselves look and feel better. And I want to demystify that. And what's interesting to me, one thing I've noticed on my Instagram, you'll see people of all ages, right? And people, though, will come in who are over, let's say, 40 or 50, and they'll say, you only treat those models and those young women. So I feel intimidated. I go, look back at my Instagram. No, there's everybody. I would say it's fully balanced, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's how my practice really is. So it's funny that they only remember the models and the actresses and the, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And they've discounted the ones. You see, that's what happens over time. People think that women become invisible and they feel that they become invisible. And look, 
people look at my Instagram and think, oh, you only do models and actresses. I'm like, no, look, look at my Instagram. You can be beautiful at any age. That's I really, true. truly believe that. And you've done great work on me. I mean, I have naturally a very narrow, thin face, and that's always bothered me. And I've already had um, TMJ when I was younger, and I had jaw surgery. My chin is still really large. And so what Dr. Guanche did was add some filler to the jawline. You guys can see. <laughs> And it gives you a more balanced look. Otherwise, my face was very narrow, very sunken in. Some under eye filler, just a little bit of everything. And it really balances the face out. And people have said to me that I've gotten plastic surgery. They're like, she's gotten her whole face redone. I mean, I look a real, I do look a lot different than I did on Vine, but it's all just filler. It's never, no surgery. It's all literally just with a little bit of filler. You'd be surprised how much you can change your face. And that's not getting put under. It's not, you know, risky it's risky, totally yeah. safe and you know so if you're out there and you do uh nose jobs yes. with filler yeah which I people have seen that. and it's so nuts to see a, a person come in and they have a big bump and they want their nose straight and they don't even have to get a rhinoplasty that's right it's amazing how much we can do with just a little bit of filler to reshape the nose and also what's really amazing is the reaction in these people that have been upset about their nose for so long and then they see their beautiful profile. I mean, they often get tears in their eyes and it's, it's what I'm about. It's what I'm about is making people happy and making them confident. All of a sudden they're posting more pictures of themselves. They're going out more, they feel better and it's five minutes, no surgery. And so, uh, so I love that. I love that. We can do that. We do the nose, we do jawline, lips, uh, chin augmentation. We can even do a, a lift, a facial lift with the guanche lift that I invented so we can basically sculpt your face with a needle. But one of the things that I, I really emphasize is not to overdo. So we do it and you look pretty and you look good and natural and not done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've not like I I've had people say that I look different, which I do. But I'm I don't think I'm like overdone. I don't go. Like, I only come see you like every once in a while. And like I always want to do more. And you're always like, no, no, no. Like I, that's what I love about you, too, is that you're like, no, calm down, Brittany. I'm like, I want a whole new face. She's like, chill, Brittany, calm down. Um, But that's what's so great about it. And so if you're uncomfortable or unhappy with the way you look, guys, like you don't always have to go under a knife. You know, if you want to feel better about yourself, there's so many alternatives. And I think people don't realize that just like filler. You do such a great job with it. If you guys want to see more of that, it's on the Instagram page, um, Anna Guanche. It's at Anna Guanche. At Anna MD. Guanche yeah. MD. And also the Bella Skin Institute, which is her facility that has, and they post all kinds of procedures. So if you have any questions about anything, make sure to go check that out. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back asking you more questions about everything on Worse First. Love. Guys, we are back on Worst First. We just took a quick break and God bless Dr. Guanche because this is her second time doing this with me because I'm a dumbass. And I, d I didn't record it the first time like an idiot and I'm so sorry and I love you and I just I just wanted to secretly spend more time with I you. Spend more time with Oops, you. I, I love forgot. this girl. She is so easy to be around. I love, love you. Thanks for so. being here too. Um, So this is actually so crazy that you told me over the break and I'm like traumatized by it and I don't know what I would do if I saw this in my life but this is another situation that happened when you were resident yeah I was telling her you know we were rotating we rotate from one service to the other and you know on my emergency service rotation um, there was this woman who wanted to be a man and she had had like this crazy psychotic break and she had taken a chainsaw to herself and she had filleted her breast off and all you could see is ribs and and her whole breast was cut off it's pretty 
big, you know, big one. And oh basically we had, yeah. So we ha- are in the emergency room. We had to lavage everything, clean it up and put it back, you know, sedate her and staple it back on and put it, you know, literally we use staples to, to get it back on. So it oh would heal. Well, she, she, the whole time said, I want to be a man. And she's screaming. We had to calm her down. Well, what happens on my next rotation is psych. And my very first patient, I walk in, <laughs> looks at me and punches me in the stomach. And for a second, I was like, what just happened? Like, I, I was like, that was the first and last time I've ever been punched by a patient. But I, because she was covered in blankets and stuff, I didn't realize it was that same woman. And then I realized, oh, my God, it's the woman. And she's mad at me. Because you sewed her tits back on. putting her boob back on. Oh, my God. She thought she was going to get a free mastectomy. She was going to. That's what she wanted. She wanted to be a man. She was and like, she thought she's just gonna use a chainsaw to take it off god i was saying i'm like i can't even handle when tommy like tweaks my nipple let alone like he'll be like you know he'll be like coming in radar you know like touching my nipples i can't imagine a chainsaw to your titty god insane like you must really want to be a man yes and she probably thought she was gonna get freebie like go to the hospital they're like all right well gotta take it off but nope you put it back on You know, it's very apropos for the times, you know, with all the people wanting gender reassignment surgery. And I understand that she wanted that, but I was thinking about how I was going to tell you this story. And um, there was no way we could have, like, in that emergency situation with a dirty wound, there's no way we could have done that surgery for her anyway. That would be something you have to plan out. and We have to make sure that we cleaned up the area and that she healed without any infection. And then we could go back and maybe do a planned reassignment surgery, but that was, she was so mad that her breast was put back back on. on. I just can't imagine. I mean, I've actually gone, and this is the one thing, everyone thinks my boobs are fake. My boobs are real. But I actually went through a time where I hated my boobs because I was the only girl with like really big boobs when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I went to a doctor and wanted to have them taken off, like very, make them smaller. Yeah. And they were like, no, we don't do that. And I was like, (laughs) They said we don't do that for my age because I was like well, sixteen. Yeah, they're like, yeah. no, we're not going to do that because they're just going to grow back. If you're, you know, you have naturally big boobs. They were just trying to convince you not to mess with yourself. Yeah, I was like, ugh. And that's a good idea. I'm I glad know. They did I'm that. glad that's I didn't good. too because my husband loves boobies. But to be honest, like it is, you know, everyone thinks I have fake boobs, but they're real boobs. It is daunting. Yeah. It's it, to have big boobies. You have big natural boobies too. She's trying to get me to record this. Guys, the third we're time. we're back. Sorry, I, I'm trying to get Dr. Guanche to stay even longer. Um, I had my phone on airplane mode to do these podcasts, and someone was able to still call me, which is really disturbing. I don't know why that happened. So, Daniel, you can just cut that out, or we're picking back up. We're picking right back up. Someone tried to call my phone and ruin our podcast, but we were talking about large natural breasts and yes. how daunting they are. It's so rough. No, but I'm every- telling you, everything you pick, every outfit you have to. It's really, it is, it is, it is. Do you have people come into you wanting to inject their boobs with anything? Yeah, you can actually do filler in your boobs and make them more full. What do you put in the boob? Like wrestling? It's like wrestling or sometimes we use Voluma. And um, so that's something in Europe, they've been doing Macrolane injections, which is a cousin of wrestling as well, um, to plump the breasts, especially people that have... You know, the ones that are flat on top and more volume on the bottom. So you can actually revolumize the top quarter of the breast. Um, wow. So there's a lot of celebrities that do that who don't want implants, but just want a little more fullness in their upper breast. And butts too, right? Oh, butts we fill all the time. What do you put in the butt? <laughs> just tacos. You're like, this is some roast beef. Here, let me give you some food to eat. No. <gasps> so 
A lot of times if people don't have enough body fat to move their fat from their waist to their butt, then you put filler. So basically Voluma is a hyaluronic acid filler that lasts a long time. Looks amazing. Wow. And that's the one that I like best. But you can also do Sculptra. And Sculptra is like a particulate suspension. And we put that in and it stimulates your own collagen and your own tissue growth. So, And some people will opt to do a combination of both. But I don't do those crazy, crazy, gigantic butts. I just do the ones that um, just need a little more perkiness. You'll uh -huh. see that on my Instagram. Yeah. And so there's people, you know, one of the things that happens with aging is that your butt gets a little smaller and flatter. Yes. And, um, you know, younger women have tiny waists, bigger butts. And as women get older, they get a thicker waist and a flatter butt. So it's a youth enhancing procedure to have a perkier butt. Wow. And I so, did, I went to your office and I had the M sculpt and I put that on my butt and that's like a electromagnetic pulse. That's like uh -huh. working out, like doing like 30,000 lunges in like what, 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like doing 20,000 lunges in 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's called M sculpt. And it's actually amazing guys. And it actually made my butt so perky. <laughs> and there's like a video I did on my uh, Instagram with Tommy where you can see my butt for a second. And everyone's like, whoa, she got her butt done. I'm like, no, I literally just did this M sculpt and it was yeah. so cool. And that was fun. And you do that for the abs now. Yes, so you can get do. abs without working out. Yeah, you can do abs. It really knits your abs together, tightens them. And so people that have had babies or even just people who just want to have a narrower, more toned waist are doing M sculpt, including me. Every time I have like 30 minutes, I love it. I just pop myself on the M sculpt machine. And then we have new hand pieces for the arms. You could do triceps, you can do biceps and calves. I so, love that. So there's yeah. like so many, like there's so many non-surgical um, non ways, non-invasive. Non-invasive, yeah. And to do things, and which I love. what? There's a new injectable coming out for Call, cellulite. Called? It's called Quo. 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 Q-W-O, I believe. I love that. And it is, it is so exciting to me because it's going to be non-surgical and it's going to help cellulite long-term. And it helps to reduce those little fibrous adhesions that make your, make the dimples. Dimples, yeah. yeah. So I'm Because they say there's like strings that are pulling it, yes, right? That, that makes it like, it yeah. yeah. And men don't have it, you fucking, God. I mean, they're, honestly, the medical literature says 90 to 95% of women have cellulite, no matter what they weigh. So it's not really abnormal, but it's interesting that we don't like it. Right. Like, as a society, both women and men think it's unattractive, but- there's an estimate that like 95% of women have cellulite. I know. I see pictures of people all the time, like supermodels on the beach that are like 110 pounds yeah. and they have cellulite. Yeah. It's just genetic, right? It's like you genetic. Either... And then also, you know how they take pictures and it's positional and yeah. lighting and all that stuff. But yes, it's, it's one of those things that happens. It's I don't very know. normal. You actually don't, by the way. <laughs> I've seen your legs. I have it, but it's all good. My mom has it. Like it's genetic. Yeah, okay. I'll post a cellulite picture one day, guys. Maybe I'll post, post it, it with this. <laughs> Maybe with this video, I'll post it. If you, you guys, guys want to see my cellulite, leave a comment. Um, there's probably like a cellulite fetish board somewhere Maybe. too. Oh my God, I want to meet those guys. For guys that love cellulite, they're just like, yeah. Yes, The more, the better. They're like, we want to look like you sat on rocks for six days. <laughs> my husband actually checked my cellulite one time and it made me so sad. Like, I was sitting down and I got up and I was walking away and he's like, what's wrong with your butt? Like he could, he didn't know. Cause I just, I was like, when we first started dating him, I was like 108 pounds. Now I'm like uh -huh. 120. So I gained some weight. I'm happy. I'm married. I eat. I'm, you know, you eat, you get happy. She looks great. I love Amazing. you. And really? I got up and he's like, what's wrong with your butt? Uh. And I was like, what, what? And he's like, it's all dimply. He's like, were you sitting on rocks? And I was like, 
You bitch. You bitch. No, I just told him, I was like, it's cellulite and you're going to love it. (laughs) You better love that shit. Them's fighting words. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, it was really, he didn't know what it was because I guess everyone that he's dated has never had it, but (laughs) whatever. Welcome to the real world, the Tommy. Real world. Yeah, That's so right. it's actually really have you been intense. Sitting on rocks. Speaking of the real world, I just you have wanna... rocks in your head. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm I... gonna throw a rock at you. <laughs> speaking of rock, <laughs> really, honestly, right? I was so offended. But speaking of real life, so many people, girls on Instagram, I just you, you know, we all edit our photos yes. a little bit. It's like it's not, you know, I try to post like a real fi- photo once in a while where I look crazy, mm-hmm. just so people remember, like not everyone looks perfect all the time, duh. Um, and there's so many people that I see in your office and come in and like, no, I'm so naturally beautiful. And like, I don't do anything. And I'm like, bitch, I just saw you like, you you know, and they don't say anything about it. Like I actually want to normalize people showing. I think people should normalize it. Yes, they should. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons I wrote my book seven days to sexy is because I saw what celebrities and models look like in real life and they look great. Yes. It's not like they yeah. look horrible, but right. totally different than yeah. what you see on the red carpet. Right. And so like, I, I, you know how I always talk to my patients at length and ask them all their secrets yes. and find out what they're doing. So basically the seven days to sexy concept was what are all the things you're doing that you can do that you go from in my office three days ago to, I see you on the red carpet looking unbelievable. Not that you're not beautiful naturally, but like, wow. Yeah. I mean, we're talking hair extension, eyelashes, body makeup. There's certain strategic tapes people use to make their knees look tighter, to make their face look tighter. There's like corset training and juice cleansing and like all these things that people do in preparation for the red carpet. And, you know, also whatever photos they post, there might be filters, there might be Photoshop, all that but, you know, it's to, not to make people feel bad. I, I mean, you know, people should realize that this is not what they rolled out of bed. It's not reality. Like, right? Yeah, it's not like. And so. Yeah. And so I wanted to make that available. Like if you read the book, oh, I can do this. Yeah. This, and a lot of it's not that expensive. Most of the stuff I mentioned is available, let's say, on Amazon wow. or whatever. And you can just, you know, try to glam yourself up to that next level. Too. Yeah. Why not? Check out Dr. Guanche's book. I have a copy, Seven Days to Sexy, and it has so many great pieces of advice. And I was asking you earlier, the one thing that you recommend, the one product mm-hmm. that you said is like something that everyone should use, no matter what your age. Everyone should be on Retin-A at night. Retin-A is a topical that basically regulates epidermal proliferation. So that means it regulates the way your skin cells divide. So you're going to get less skin cancer, less brown spots, and less wrinkles over time. The one downside that stops people from from using Retin-A is that you have a six-week period of time where your skin has to adjust to it when you're peely and red and all that. You have to get through that six weeks, and then as you keep using it, you don't peel anymore, but you get the benefits. So there's been studies where people did side-to-side studies with people who had used Retin-A for five years, and 85% of the aesthetic experts guessed the one that had the older picture as the younger picture. Wow. 85% of the time. Yeah. Because they'd been using Retin-A for five years. And you can start at any time. You can start at any time. Does it yeah. reverse aging too? I think so. A little I think bit. it helps with pigmentation and it helps with fine lines. But you got to suffer through that retinoid reaction. Retinoid reaction. And, and Retin-A is not owned by any company that's marketing it. It's not owned by you know a beauty company. It's a prescription. And so you're not, you don't hear as much about it. You hear a little bit more about the side effects of peeling, this, that. But 
And you uh, have to get it from your dermatologist. From a, a MD or yeah, dermatologist. Yeah, doctor. Yeah, and you know, basically, I don't know any dermatologists that are not on Retin-A every night. Wow. I mean, there's not a, re- not a dermatologist I know that's not on it. That's amazing. And so it's one of those things that you just is a staple. Wow. So guys, if you live in the Valley or if you live in California and you want to go see Dr. Guanche, even in Beverly Hills, she's in Calabasas at the Bell Skin Institute. People come to see you and get some Retin-A prescription. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone who can't take it or put it on? You're not supposed to use it if you're pregnant. Okay. So we would say if you're trying to get pregnant, I would wait if you're pregnant. Yeah, definitely not. Right. But other than that. Your baby Almost just comes everybody. out like super smooth. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> the baby's skin is like, <laughs> it's like porcelain. My gosh. And then what you were telling me about this other thing, which I actually really want to try, but it's not legal in the United oh, States. We were talking about. Because I lay in the sun all the time. We were saying, A, we were saying that I was saying she should not be so tan and laying in the sun all the time. But I'm a dermatologist, so what do you expect? I'm supposed to yell at her about that. Yes. But we were also talking about this drug that was developed called melanotan. And the concept of the drug was that you were going to be able to put this shot in and then your whole body gets tanned, but without the UV damage. So you don't get skin cancer and all that. Right. Right. And so that was that was the concept. But um, they found out that people that took the injection were extremely horny, like extremely. And it crosses the blood brain barrier. So it (laughs) makes people like centrally horny, like not just like Viagra makes an engorgement of the penis or whatever. This is like a real like chemical horny like. Wow. And so I actually was turned on to it or told about it. Turned on to it. it. Oh my God. We're 12. I love us. (laughs) By uh, this one of my patients who was with a dating and chiropractor. She said, oh, he's got access to this stuff. We each put a shot in each other's butt on Friday. We have sex all weekend. And then on Sunday, we're just dead. We just lay around like a bunch of tired dogs and we're done. And then also we're tan. Oh my God. This sounds amazing. Horny and tan. Why is it not legal in the United States? So they did the studies when they realized the libido thing was so strong. They actually are in phase three trials for a libido drug. So So they're going to make it a libido drug instead. Uh uh It's called bremelanotide. 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 I'm going to keep my ears peeled for it. Yeah. PT-141. Well, that's the drug name. I don't know what the name brand will be, but uh, I wonder what they'll call it. But it sounds great. (laughs) Tan and horny. Are you kidding me? Sounds like the best thing ever. And the only the only one thing that us dermatologists are worried about is that because it stimulates melanin production, that what if it stimulates like a pre-melanoma or a melanoma that's small to grow bigger and become more aggressive or oh. you know, that would be the only thing that we don't we're not sure how how that turns out to be. But right. the rest of it yeah, I mean, damn. We'll see. All of a sudden, next week on Worst First, me and Tommy are super tan <laughs> and just yeah. like super, hey guys, just all horny and tired. <laughs> all of a sudden. What they will do is just not do their next podcast. I know, there won't even be a podcast. <laughs> They'll just be like heavy breathing, like, <laughs> like, like people right. are like, ew, what's going on here? Oh my God. Okay, so Retin A is super important. Retin A. Um, I tried and- it one time and I, I told you, I, I peeled for like a week and then I just couldn't handle it. And so I did, I stopped doing it. But maybe I'll get on it again. So when you're a resident in dermatology, almost everybody starts it then. And, you know, I think I started and stopped it about six times because of all the patchy peeling and yeah. everything. And then you just finally get through. And then the thing to do is not to stop after you get adjusted because it upregulates enzymes in your skin that handle the Retin-A. If you stop it then you for a while, you got to go through the whole Because your skin is not again. peely at all. Your skin is no. so beautiful and matte and smooth. Thank you. And you do it every night. It's 
Uh, I do it every night. Do yeah. you put it on your neck yeah. too and chest uh-huh. or just and my hands? Oh, wow, and the hands. That's one thing you guys should remember is when you put all your products on your face that you should put it on your neck, chest, and hands because what happens over time is people take care of their face and then their age shows more on their chest and neck and their hands because they oh. haven't been protecting them as much. That's so interesting. Yeah. And what's your like go-to beauty product like while I have you here? Like I want to know like what's your like favorite beauty product other than Retin-A other just than Retin-A? Ma- managing your skin? Like is there a good beauty and product sunscreen? that you love? And sunscreen and staying out of the sun and not enjoying life. <laughs> And sitting in the, and basically Stay being in the in the, a vampire and sitting <laughs> in the right. shadows. All this is fake tan. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, my favorite right now, I mean, it changes all the time. Yeah. My favorite right now is Restore C. It's actually a topical that has an enzyme in it called aquabutin. It's derived from the egg, the eggs of fish. You know, they have a little enzyme that they use to open the egg when it's time for them to hatch out. And that enzyme actually takes off dead skin cells from your skin and is beautifying aquabutene. And so I use that every day. Restore C? Restore C. Is it a mask or is it a lotion? It's a serum. A serum. Mm-hmm. And where can we get that online? At bellaskinstore.com. Bellaskinstore.com. Restore C. And mm-hmm. it has fish eggs in it and it makes you no. young. <laughs> it doesn't smell like fish eggs. It smells really nice. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. And then have you heard about um, snail? Like Yes, we have that too. What is that? So snail serum. Um, by we have the SMD Cosmetics one. It's basically the concept is that the mucus of the snail is designed to protect the underbelly of the snail that's crawling over all these rough surfaces. And it's a barrier that helps the skin or epithelium heal really fast, but also heal and recover fast. So it's something that I would, for example, put Retin-A on my skin and then put the snail serum over it just to seal everything in and help my skin barrier. Is it actually from snails? Yeah. Yeah, they actually purge them of their mucus, but they don't kill them. Wow. They keep them for the next batch. You know how snails will secrete more? Yeah, they have a yeah, snail trail. If, yeah. If you put uh, an irritant, they'll they'll just secrete more of, more of it. Wow, yeah. so you're actually just putting snail slime on your face. Yes. Have you heard anything about cum on the face? Is that like a false? <laughs> Only like- from my husband. <laughs> My husband too. Always like, I think I have the cure for that. <laughs> My husband I says, think I know what will make your skin look really pretty. Yeah, but 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 is it true or is it no? no. There's no science science behind that. No, but there is some truth to. There were some studies about the fact that having semen, seminal fluid in your vagina on a regular basis keeps you ovulating and keeps you young longer. Really. So, it's a signal to your body that you're still sexually active. There's like little markers in there or things. And I don't remember the details of how they transmit the message, but basically it's to let your body know that you're still in the game, I guess, in a way, rather than it's time to put you out to pasture. Yeah. And so people that use condoms, for example, would want to know that, oh, it's better to actually have, I mean, obviously you need birth control. Birth control if you don't want to have babies, yeah. Yeah, but you would want to have, you know, the semen in that mucosal area. So it's absorbed into the mucosa. That's amazing. That's so yeah. interesting. You said that too, and, because, Oh, and it has oxytocin and, and, um, serotonin. Oh. So it actually gives you a sense of well being after sex that you get those through the mucosa absorbed. Wow. So. No wonder people feel better after sex. Yeah. That's amazing. Good for you. It's good for you. 
I notice that too. Like if like I have sex with my husband, I'll notice like all of a sudden I feel like I'm about to get my period again. Like I feel like my body's going through ovulation. Like it's kickstarts it. You it know might, what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. If it's the right time of yeah. the month. But I mean intrinsically like not just like that day, but yeah. the sort of overall that yeah. you're in the game. It's, it's hard to explain. Wow. That's <laughs> but, so amazing. Yeah. That's so interesting. Because uh, when you're when you're not sexually active for a long period of time, your body sort of registers that too. But can I scientifically prove that? That's what the study was trying to say is that you're basically signaling to your body that you're still active that way and not to sort of have you go into a decline phase. Because right. that's what nature does, right? If you're not like in a fertile phase, you're in a declining yeah. phase. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know I heard that something about when you start to go through menopause – um, or people that I are young that have had hysterectomies and whatnot. And the only reason why I haven't really had one because I do have a lot of ovarian issues and I've thought about having one, but I heard it ages you really fast. Yes. So why is that? So your ovaries secrete a lot of hormones that are basically, again, telling your body that you're, you're young fertile, and fertile and you're young. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when you take them away, it's pretty shocking to your system as a woman and your skin thins out and you get wrinkles more easily um, I would say don't take out your ovaries unless you absolutely, absolutely have, have to, to yeah. for your safety. You right, know? right, right. Um, but if it's just annoying, then I would say you're going to be much more annoyed by the accelerated aging that happens because, again, nature is designed to say, oh, you have no ovaries. You're not ovulating. You're, we don't need you because you're not going to reproduce. Oh, my god, that's what, that's what nature says. <gasps> And then it starts like Horrible getting nature. ready to put you down. Like yeah. your body's just you like, well, she's not going to give us a baby. And so <laughs> bye. Bye, Felicia. Wow. And I'm never having kids. So that's really scary. But um, no, wow. No, no. Keep your ovaries. Unless yes. You- I'm going to try as hard as I can. I get like ovarian cysts. Speaking of cysts. Oh. I know. I don't get them anywhere else, but I get them on my ovaries. I know you don't deal with that. I don't deal but. with those kind of cysts. <laughs> yeah. You're like, if you have a cyst on your face or your head or I your eye or your back. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How often do you see cysts? Like every week? Yeah, I see cysts all the time. I take them out. Again, that's not something I put a ton of on Instagram. I could put more on. People love yeah. to I've watch that. I've seen you that. put cysts on there, though. Lipomas and cysts. They yeah. love. It's like, they, it's like a train wreck. They want to watch it. They can't help themselves. I love but watching it. I would say that um, because we love doing cosmetic, that's kind of like my passion. So we put a lot more of the cosmetic, but we're doing skin cancer surgeries. We're doing mole removals we're doing you know we take treat rashes and all that stuff and also cysts we either drain them if they're infected or we'll just take them out if they're not and um, wow so yeah we just did a couple so those should be up pretty soon we wow. just did two two on the same day so i would love to see more cyst content you want to see that really uh, i would love it i live for the cyst content I'm, i think it's so cool i'm actually good friends with sandra lee who's dr pimple popper oh you are oh my gosh hers is all cyst content she is the queen. I love her. I First can only off, watch so much of that. I know. It's so graphic. I like it in little bits. Now her practice has gotten to the point where people come from far and wide with the most unbelievable lipomas and cysts for her to take out. And so she's got like people flying in to see her with that. And so they have the like the most far gone graphic they, they have to buy so, a seat for their cyst. Yeah, They're like, yeah. my cyst had its own seat the whole ride. <laughs> my gosh, it's scary. I wouldn't want people to come in if I were you with cysts. I'd be so, scared. So that's the thing, you know, and a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago, people kept asking me, well, why don't you do the same thing as she does and put a lot of cysts on? And then, you know, I go, but I don't, I don't, my thing is beauty. Like that's yeah. my passion. I don't want a whole bunch of people coming in for cysts. I, 
Don't get me wrong. If Come you have a cyst, cyst, I'm happy yeah. to yeah. take care of you, but it's not my passion that yeah. I want a whole practice full of. So I don't know whose passion would be that. Like, know. hey, bring in your big stinky cyst <laughs> so I can cut them open. You can squirt all over the place. Like, oh, I would rather do I the beauty stuff too. I have a PA too. that loves that, is obsessed. Like, if there's a cyst, she comes out of the woodwork to come watch that. She's like, so excited by it. Wow. So thank God there's people for everything. There's there someone is. for everything. And I'm so glad that you, you know, you take such good care of your patients and really help people feel their thank best, you. which is my favorite thing. You always make people feel good and welcome and make sure to follow Dr. Guanche, Anna Guanche MD on Instagram and the Bella Skin Institute for more updates and all kinds of, you know, you're always posting new um, devices and treatments mm-hmm. and all kinds of new things that you come up with. And guys, make sure to go get a Retin-A prescription because that seems yes. to be the thing that, you know, helps us maintain our youth for as long as we possibly as long as possible. can. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll wear sunscreen, even though I should take my own advice because I lay in oil in the sun, which is horrible, right? Gasp. I know, but I, but I'll, I'll be that like, I'm going to be like Magda from something about Mary. Did you see, see that movie with the old, oh, the yes. old tan lady with the boobs? Wait, that's there's something about me. Mary, the one with the, yeah, the hair, but Magda was like the overly tan guys, Google Magda and her boobs and something about Mary. That's who I'm going to be in about like 10 years. Give me 10 years. Um, Not if I have something to do with yay. it. I'll be here for you. <laughs> My facial skin will just be really nice. <laughs> just your face. And then I just have the rest of your body. Saggy, scary tits. Just wear those high neck outfits. I will. I will do that. But make sure to follow Dr. Guanche and make sure to check out her book, Seven Days to Sexy, for lots of tips and advice. And we will see you next week. Thank you for staying around for the second time recording this on Worst First. Bye, guys.